Hey friends. Um, so I'm, I'm listening to kids, uh, kicking incredibly dope shit by Mac Miller. Um, I'm actually watching a YouTube video. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of turning the tables, but it's a Canadian dad and his son. I have to say Canadian because it, the whole thing is very Canadian. They, whatever you'll have to see it. Um, but yeah, so it's basically the son showing the dad music and I've followed them for a long time and it's cool because like along most of it's hip hop um but the dad is like uh you know I think he's in a band he he has like a music background and the son is just a music head hip hop head in his own right and the dad is an extremely cool dad by the way um and and the son is yeah cool dude whatever so their relationship is just really interesting it reminds me of my dad, my relationship with my dad, because I think a lot of, a lot of people consider my dad a cool dad. And like my friends have always thought like, oh my gosh, your dad's just like a a bro. And in many ways, that's totally true. I could tell my dad anything we could, uh, we could talk about, you know, ah, things all over the spectrum, things you would not really think a dad and his son are talking about. I can say anything to him. I could do anything around him. And it's just, 100% fine. I have a really cool dad. So it reminds me of my relationship with my dad. And I've shown my dad, my dad's not super into music, but he's always down to listen to it. He's a, he's a fan. He's not like a musician in any way, but anyway, these dudes, dad's a, dad's a musician. And so he's sort of showing his dad all the stuff his dad has missed in the last 20 years, you know, (laughs) kind of like, here's all the new stuff that you might not really appreciate because, you know, you haven't had somebody to properly walk you through it and you didn't experience it in your youth with an open mind. So let me show you. And it's awesome because the dad has an open mind, all this new music. And along the way, um, he showed him Mac Miller and the dad was like really into Mac has gotten into Mac Miller, like really liked the stuff he showed him. I think they started with swimming or maybe, um, and then kind of worked their way through the, the, uh, you know, the, the, whatever the list of albums and, um, and now it's funny because kids is like his first album mixtape demo thing, whatever Mac Miller's. And, and so he's showing this Mac Miller album to his dad, but his dad has already listened to everything else and is already a fan of Mac Miller has changed so much over the years. One of those artists that really has just evolved and went from being like frat rap, like happy party, young kid rapper to, you know, really dark, drug addicted, depressed at the end, you know, um, but really insightful and really reflective. And so the music is so unbelievably different. If you're not into Mac Miller, get into Mac Miller. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, unfortunately he is dead now, um, drug overdose, but yeah. And that you can just track that progression in his music over the years. Um, so anyway, so his dad's like already like now, this has been years. And so his dad's like a fan of Mac Miller, like an actual fan, not just somebody whose son likes Mac Miller. He's really into Mac Miller. Um, so I say all this because I'm listening to, I mean, I just, cause it's whatever we're talking. And I, I dig watching these dudes. I saw kids and I was like, I gotta listen to this. I gotta hear his dad listen to kids because I know his dad's a true actual Mac Miller fan. So what's he going to think of kids? And, and it'll give me a chance to listen to kids again as well. But they're talking about, how this is like youthful Mac and you know, they, they kind of talk in between listening to the music and, and he's just, they're kind of doing a lot of reminiscing. His dad's like saying like, this is basically capturing the youthful spirit really, really well. Um, and describing how like, you know, his son is a way for him to kind of re relive 
it's a way for him to get close to youth um like just through his son you know and so they're just talking just telling stories about a simpler time when life was simpler and you know his son i don't even know their names they never say their names i'm sure i'm sure they do but i miss it i don't know like i don't even know their names and the son he um was just like they were just saying or the dad is like you know when you and your friends would just like drive or go all the way across town like just to get you know two for one chicken sandwich it's whatever it's some fast food restaurant and and then they're you know they're dropping canadian lines you know all over the place like we would go across town and go to safeway i don't even know what safeway is i'm sure it's a canadian supermarket or something go to safeway and get um like the rotisserie chicken and just like eat it in the park and that was like the day um so anyway i have a i had a pretty rich youth i think and i so these things put me in that zone for sure of like uh, just a most of my youth from like early childhood to up until college was even past was just this i always had like a group of friends that was like neighborhood friends and we would just go do stuff i remember whatever i i would love to sit here and reminisce for a really long time but i'll do it for like a short period of time what what it reminded me of was I mean, yeah, like going to a, a convenience store and buying junk food and eating it on a curb, I think is like a ritual that has existed in my whole life that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I remember when I was like really young, there was the Bev Center, the beverage center, and it was just around the block, but it felt like kind of far. And we would like go to the Bev and get this like sugar water. <laughs> it's just some juice, the cheapest juice thing and it was just sugar water kind of juice and it was awesome and we would get one of those and then like a bag of chips or something with whatever like dollars we had and and just go sit and skateboard sit on a curb and just whatever just that was that was life and we did that every day and then later on i moved and i had a new group of friends and did the same stuff like go to 7-eleven get junk food and just skateboard and sit on a curb and eat it and chat. And you know, that was just it. That was life. And it was the best. And you, you knew it was the best, but you didn't know, you know, and I look back and I'm like, Oh, my life is so different. It was, that was so simple and beautiful. Um, so this is a two part episode because clearly the first part is about just the beauty and simplicity of youth and being outside and buying junk food at convenience stores. And just, I don't know if you didn't skateboard, maybe just hung out at a playground or um or a park or a school or something and that's the thing if you didn't skateboard it's like what were you doing you know it's like i think it was like if you're not doing like sports in school um then you're outside like doing an extreme sport and if you're not doing extreme sport like you're probably getting into stuff that you shouldn't and so i feel like like skateboarding was good because it was always something to do like it was the thing that we were doing because I didn't like play sports. Um, so I had all my skateboard friends, whatever. Anyway, there's so many things to talk about here, but the thing I came here to talk about is when I think about my youth, I think of lack of control. My parents were not, I had friends whose parents exerted no control over them. Like my one buddy when I was younger was like, I mean, his house was nuts. Like I remember going there. It was the first time I ever saw weed being smoked. My buddy's like mom was smoking weed. And like his older brother's friends were over like ripping a bong. And I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I am in this dark place. Like these are, this is the underworld. But they're, they were really good people and we became pretty close with them. And and, and me and my buddy never partook in, in the weed that they were all smoking. It was just, 
I don't know. It was weird. But um, anyway, so they were the kind of parents who were like, really, just do whatever you want to do. You're whatever. You're like adults that live here too. And we were young. So my parents were not like that at all. They were much more um, parental, but they really had this really good balance of giving us a long leash, I guess. And so, like I said, a, a huge portion of my life was spent just exploring the neighborhood, you know, with neighborhood friends and meeting other kids and playing and doing stuff, you know, whatever. And it it was great. And I think of like, so what I think about is when I think of, of all those experiences and how much more of a rich person they've made me. And I think about my son and how I want him to experience the same thing. And here I am watching these two, this father and, and the son, and they're talking about things. The dad is talking about how like Mac has like helped him get his drinking under control. So it's like dad is transparently talking about the fact that he drinks too much to his son. And it's not like, it's not weird. It's it's whatever. They're just almost like two adults, like sharing the struggles of life and not not putting it in that frame of like father and son and son seeing his father, you know, being a real person and falling from grace and struggling with that. And, and the dad not being able to like let go of control over the son and, and have a real relationship with him because he still just sees him as like an object of his, you know, parenting. And so this is a great example. If you want to just witness a father and son exist in this way, like this is a great way to do that. And I, again, I think my dad and I have that, but we also have some of those things I've described where, you know, it's, there's still that, like my, as we've gotten older and whatever, my dad has definitely just become truly himself to me. And that at times I've had to grapple with like the fact that like, sometimes I'm not, I don't let my dad be just a a bro. Sometimes I want him to be more of a dad, not whatever he is a dad, but you know, there's just like, he can be more of himself around my friends. Um, and it's not, it's like, I let him be my friends let him be more of himself around them. And he knows that there's like a few lines. Um, but anyway, this is not about my dad and I, it's about control and how my parents again had kind of a long leash for us growing up. And, but we had that like solid foundation. So we were around stuff. Like I said, like pretty early on, I remember walking into a house and, and there was like some teenagers like blowing like bong smoke in my face. And it, and I, you know, if a different scenario, I would have ripped that bong too. Um, and yeah, and there was like, I guess like swearing, I, I swore pretty early on, like very early and kind of hit it for my parents and would like test the waters and they weren't cool with it. But, you know, as soon as I like got out on the street, I was definitely swearing and like sexual stuff I didn't engage with much, but I definitely knew way more than you want a little kid to know because of just being out there, you know? So I feel like I knew way more than I should know. I, I don't know. Like I definitely did physically dangerous things, but those aren't the things I'm that worried about. Like with my son, it's all the other stuff. It's the worldly stuff. It's like, I don't want him to be robbed of his innocence at such a young age. And, and the more that he is outside of my control, the more probability there is that he'll be exposed to those things. And the fear is that it'll taint him or that he won't be able to handle it or he will take the bong rip and that'll lead to, you know, like, uh, taking a pill, you know, and it's like a starts with like a party pill and then it ends with like, you know, a prescription pill. Well, they're all prescription, but you know, it starts with like a party pill and it ends with like a, 
narcotic and then he's in the grips of like a narcotic addiction and it controls him and ruins his life. Like, I guess some of the biggest things I fear for my kids are addiction. Basically. Um, I think I have a pretty addictive personality. I think my wife does as well. And both of us have kind of navigated life. Fortunately, like without addiction, without addiction to hard drugs or alcohol, but definitely like I've been addicted to cigarettes. I've been addicted to all, all the like sort of, not great, but not like life threat. Well, cigarettes are pretty life threatening, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So anyway, I just am afraid that my kid is going to do drugs and get addicted to drugs and it's going to ruin his life and alcohol. Um, and even like, so this music that this kid was listening to kids, this, you know, Mac Miller album when he was in elementary school and I would listen to all sorts of stuff like that when I was in elementary school and they're like explicitly just talking about drugs and alcohol and partying and stuff. And, and it's like, okay, I, I compartmentalize that pretty well. You know, I didn't like listen to rap music and think like, I want a gun. Um, and I want, you know, to smoke weed. It's just wasn't necessarily like that. And so I get that it doesn't have to be like that. And it's a lot about the foundation you give your kids, but still, so it's this, it's this dilemma. This is the thing I'm here to like present to you is the dilemma of control is I know the thing in control is a product of fear, fear in my life, fear for others, fear, just fear in general, fear of outcomes causes me to exert control to mitigate those fears. And I don't think, and I think it's important to recognize that control works in a sense. It can, it can reduce the probability of bad outcomes. I, I have like, I definitely had friends who had much more sheltered lives than me and they were just not exposed to a lot of the stuff I was exposed to. And, but then there's scenarios where, you know, okay, you prevented your kid from all of these outcomes while they were under your roof, but then they went to college and it was like, all they want is freedom because they didn't have it their whole life. So they go really hard into the freedom and get a, get a habit or something like that. <clears throat> so it's a balance. But anyway, I rec the, this thing is like the fear uh, turns into control to prevent bad outcomes. But the, the, the product of control is, is not only, I don't even, like, I think it's pretty obvious that like, you know, controlling your kid too much will has, you know, the, the obvious adverse effect at times of like a kid craving freedom and, and resenting the parents and all of that. There's that. But the, the thing I'd like want to talk about more broadly is how control, not only does it prevent bad outcomes, it prevents good outcomes. There's so many friends I've made. There's so much music I've listened to that's influenced me creatively and musically. And there's so, there's so much so many influences, free reign on the internet and with a computer, like turned into my life's pursuit, you know? And, um, and yeah, yeah. So, so many of those things. So it's like, I just have to remind myself, like stick with the core tenants, love your kid a lot, surround him with good influences, but don't exert that stifling control that makes him crave freedom and prevents the good outcomes. Because the more I control a situation, the other people really, a lot of it, I mean, I exert control over my own life, but it's like the control of other people is something that I've always kind of had to struggle with. And it's still something I struggle with. And I see that like, I know it's my area of growth. Like I talked about recently on this, but for parenting, especially it's like, I really don't want to prevent the good outcomes. When, when you release control, chaos happens and chaos can produce good and bad outcomes. And it's like, what kind of life do I want for my kid? And it's really a life of more freedom 
and control over his own life and and uh yeah just kind of give him the tools to navigate this stuff on his own and he'll make friends that i might think are unsavory but maybe i don't see the good in those friends because i had a lot of bad friends who my parents thought were bad but they had redeeming qualities like the worst one of the worst influences in my life growing up was our our neighbor billy um and he uh yeah he was a bad influence in a sense but he also was like he taught us a lot of the like sort of street moral virtues of like what's cool and not like there there was this bad stuff he taught us for sure like just textbook bad stuff but then there was like you know respect and um uh he he was cool in the sense where he would he would hang out with people who were quote unquote uncool he would make uncool people cool and there were those kind of values that that are actually sometimes more important or they're more virtuous than just like not smoking or something like that, you know? And, and so, yeah. So anyway, my kid relinquishing control, he might make friends that I don't think are amazing, but you know, just give him the skills to like navigate those things and be influenced in the positive ways that people can influence him and, and other, you know, and hobbies, dangerous things that have high, uh, micromortem micromorts. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that means, but Wikipedia, that have like high micromorts. Like maybe he, maybe he wants to get into, I don't know, pretty much any of the extreme sports, um, like snowboarding. Like I know people who've died snowboarding. I think most people like snowboarding is really dangerous at an extreme level. And what if he wants to get into it? And what if he's too into it? Oh, it's like, okay, you can do it as a hobby, but don't do it. Or even football, like concussions and blah, 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 whatever. There's just so many things. There's so many areas. Like you could keep your kid, wrapped up in bubble wrap um and they will be safer while they're under your roof but whatever i don't know i this just is like something i'm acutely aware of and i don't have to exercise a ton right now because baby boy is yeah a baby boy but i know it's coming i know it's coming i'm already we're at roly polies his little uh gym that he goes to to play and roll around with other little babies and one of the babies is like a bad egg and the other one's a good egg. And I'm like, Oh, I want him to hang out with the good egg. Like we got to set up a play date. Like this, this kid's so nice. He shares river's not a sharer. Like this will teach river to share. And so I'm already like wanting to influence his friend group and whatever control double-edged sword.